Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh. This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't know how to do an an introduction after today's performance, but you know what? We're going to try and be as calm and collected and positive. There's not going to be any positivity, but there's going to be so much calm and collectiveness on this show that you're all going to be impressed by it. Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Pivia, as always. Joined by me, Marcus, a.k.a. Culture Shock. You guys know him on Twitter. We have Landon, the film guide, okay, the draft guru, who's going to be doing a lot of draft work for us in the offseason. Or maybe is it happening right now, Landon? Oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're fully in the draft season right now. We're, we're fully, if you did not check it out, I did put up a poll and I was like, Hey, like, what are some positions you guys wanted me to focus on? Of course I knew it was going to be quarterback. I don't even know why I listed that position, but uh, I was hoping for offensive line personally, but they voted quarterback. So I dropped my top five quarterbacks uh, so far halfway through the season. I got called an idiot of course, uh, cause it's Twitter, but um Hey, I, I, you know, you got to plant your flag sometimes. So it, uh, it was a lot of good stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. And uh, if you have suggestions, go ahead and drop your top five guys as well. I'd love to talk about it. Always uh, down for it. But yeah, we're we're fully in draft season. Yeah, my suggestion is Tyree Wilson. Go ahead and get on that right after the show. Okay, but uh, if we're in draft season, then I guess screw screw those notes then. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get to this, guys. The Colts lost today in Foxborough. Three to twenty-six. All right. Three to twenty-six. It was a bad, bad performance. But before we get into football, guys, we gotta send we gotta start with good vibes on the show before we get things going. So how was everybody's weekend? Marcus, we'll start with you. We'll go to Landon. We'll finish with me. Guys, how was the weekend? You know, when you're when you're not watching football or not thinking about, you know, the poverty in Indianapolis Colts or how they just play poorly, um, you know, you have your bright spots. The Houston Rockets, NBA wise, you know, they're a developing team. They suck, but you know, you look for the bright spots kind of like how you look for the Colts. But that's how I look at it for my side. So, you know, the star players in that team tend to do what they do, but they lose in general. But you know, it's fine. You know, college football wise, LSU beat Alabama. Whenever I am watching college football, I tend to watch LSU more than anybody else, and they decided to win that weekend. So, you know, it's been overall a decent weekend for me. So, uh, 
yeah, you know, still recuperating from coming home from Indy. So trying to get established still. It's been a minute. But, you know, other than that, making progress, it's pretty. it's been a pretty decent weekend. Yeah, uh, had a good weekend. Watched a lot of college football yesterday, of course, getting ready for draft season. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Houston versus SMU. That game went completely bananas. That was cool. LSU and uh, Alabama, of course, that was a good one. Uh, Clemson lost to Notre Dame. Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, I mean, there there was a lot of good stuff out there. So, um, yeah, I had a good weekend, obviously. Today, not so much, but uh, <laughs> uh, overall, it was pretty good. Hey, man, shout out, shout out to Notre Dame for knocking Clemson off. You know, that, that was a uh, Clemson. I mean, they gave me 2014 Florida state vibes where the brand alone may get them far, but I don't think they're really that great of a top four or the, I don't think they're a top 10 team regardless. But for me, Belton shout out Belton won our first outright district title for the first time since 1999. First outright district title. You got TCU going nine and zero, and then I get to see my niece earlier today for the first time, and I don't know how long. So got to be an uncle for today. Had to leave the game at halftime. Thankfully, I didn't miss any. I didn't miss much. So actually, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good day. Also, had to give props to my guy Kevin Bowen. Man, shout out Notre Dame knocking off Clemson, texting back and forth. Needed him. Needed his guys to come in for the win, and now. Notre Dame knocking off Jake Quarry's Clemson Tigers. That's going to be an interesting debate on the radio show tomorrow. But, guys, let's finally get into it. The Colts dropped another game, and they're not – they're slowly, very slowly dropping in the rankings because this tie is just hurting them right now. They should be a top-10 team right now, but they're sitting at number 15 because of this freaking tie – that is holding them back from really getting a really good draft pick. But let's start here, guys, okay? Because we know where this team is headed, but in this certain game, okay, we'll get to all the other stuff here here in a minute when it comes to Frank Reich, Jim Irsay, and all this other stuff. Uh, so as we talked about last week, post the game with Washington, uh, Landon, Marcus, I'm pretty sure that the Colts got off the pot. I'm pretty sure they did. So starting with the offensive line, we all know how much of a disaster this was. The, the offensive line was bad. So it didn't matter who they put in Matt Pryor. I look like an idiot. I mean, like physically, yes, I look like an idiot, but I'm talking about mentally. He's making me look like an idiot because I backed him up. And now I am a fool for believing in him. Uh, he can't block a soul. He he can't even get around a traffic cone. Can't see a stunt coming. And from then, it, it Sam Ellinger never had a chance, okay? But sp just sticking to the offensive line, Marcus, let me get you in here, man. After you, we'll go to Landon. <sighs> just, just talk to me about this offensive line, man. Clearly, whatever they're doing, whoever they're putting on the field is not working. And what what is your reaction to that? I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand this this offensive line and how poorly it can play. Like, you, you have former All-Pros on there, and they're still 
playing very poorly. And then before I even tweeted, I tweeted, I was like, it's amazing how this team can keep a guy that's destroying our QBs on the field. And literally after I tweeted that, two seconds later, they benched him. I was like, wow, it took took me eight weeks to tweet that out and for you guys to finally make a change. And it's like, it's unacceptable at this point. I mean, of course, the replacement that you put in is not going to be any better, but it's like, for crying out loud, at least give the young QB a chance to develop and actually get his feet in the game. He can't even do that because he's literally running for his life half the time. And it's upsetting to watch. And then you get the post-conference, you get these excuses about how the it's not all the offensive line, that we just got to play better. It's like, I mean, I don't know how much more you can improve in this offensive line at the end of the year, which you could have did this maybe two seasons ago when your left tackle was gone. And then the year after when your left tackle left, when you replaced it with Eric Fisher, then he left. But to be honest, I just don't understand this, the production with this offensive line. It's too money. It's too much money invested into it to be playing like this. To be honest, um, but I mean, it's it's no it's no getting better from here. Honestly, it's, unless you just break it down and just start from scratch, that's the best suggestion I can give. But this offensive line is probably one of the worst in the league. Oh, I think there's a very very good shot. It is the worst in the league. Um, and really to piggyback off what you said i mean there's there's no path forward right now um these are decisions that should have been made six seven months ago um that the ball was dropped you're you're not going to have guys available to fix this offensive line in season it just it doesn't happen um and for all the talk we hear you know that consistently you know we got to play better we got to do this they seem like they've just given up you know, like there, there's no pride in blocking for their quarterback. There's no pride in getting beat. You know, they're not angry about anything. Like there was that play earlier where Quentin Nelson got, you know, he was on his getting up and the Patriots player just pushed him down and he just fell down and took it. And I'm like, like two, three years ago, man, Q would have got up and like, you know, got in that guy's face and did something. It's like, they've just rolled over. Um, and the play show, shows that. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with coaching I don't know if that has to do with just them personally. Um, you know, it's a personal, that's probably a combination of both, honestly, because, you know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't need a coach to get you up for a football game. Like, the, you, know, you know, that that shouldn't be a thing. So if you can't find that fire within yourself, um, you know, you, you need to stay out of the game. And none of these guys can find anything internally to, to fix this. And then, you know, as much as we hear it in the press conferences, you know, you know, it's week after week after week after week, like eventually it's just who they are. Like there's no fight. There's no passion. There's no, um, I guess accountability, you know, with each other, you know, nobody's like, can you imagine if we had Peyton Manning with this offensive line, like he'd be over there screaming at them, you know? And, uh, and, and you know, that's not always the greatest thing, you know, as far as like screaming at guys, but like they need something like you, you got to do something at this point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just bad. It's the worst offensive line. Uh, it's literally holding this entire team back, not just the offense, but the defense too, um, because they're out on the field. Cause I mean, you can't even pick up half a yard to, to get a first down and you're just sending your defense back out there. It's, it's killing these guys. It's tiring them down. Um, there's no, there's no path forward. So until they get this fixed, you know, I think Nelson's still fine. 
Braden Smith, you know, he had some rough moments today. Then again, it's Matthew Judon who has good moments against literally every single right tackle he faces. Um, that's why he's, you know, those guys get paid too. You know, they're they're good players. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, Ryan Kelly, who has been playing better, had a bad day today. Matt Pryor, that's, I don't know what else you can say at this point. That guy probably just needs to be cut outright at this point. Uh, Raymond, it's tough for him to develop, you know, right now. He had some good moments today as well, but he had some rough moments. That's what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get growing pains. So, um, but I, I just expect more of guys like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. I think to me, that's, that's the big thing. It's like, and I'm not saying Quentin Nelson's playing bad. I don't, like, I think he's still one of the best left guards in football, but I mean, I guess from like a leadership standpoint, you know, I expect more fire and passion out of those guys. And I know after, you know, I don't mean to keep going. I'll, I'll let Mike get into this here in a second, but I do know after the game, they reported that Quentin Nelson had a one-on-one with Sam Ellinger um and nick Foles, you know at the locker at the locker after the media you know was over and he was talking to him and trying to you know pep him up and stuff like that so uh that's good to see you want to see that type of leadership from your guys but um you, they, you know these these guys have you got to get together or it's not only matt ryan that's going to be hurt you know sam's going to get hurt nick's going to get hurt you know it's it's football so mike what do you think i don't think Today's performance is what it's going to be for the rest of the season because, again, I I think today's game plan was pretty simple for Bill Belichick. Attack this offensive line. Attack its weakest link at right guard, Matt Pryor. Attack that, and the offense is not going to go anywhere. You're going to get Sam into some difficult positions. And it was it was really simple. All you saw was just a lot of mismatch, a lot of disguise, and really not even just disguise, just straight up blitzing on, on obvious passing downs and just daring this team, daring Sam Ellinger and Frank Wright to beat you. And it, in typical Bill Belichick fashion, he came out on top. That's just how it's, it's going to be. Uh, the offensive line, again, there's really not much else that can be said. It's a terrible offensive line. It's the worst offensive line. Ryan Kelly with a bad day. Quentin Nelson. I mean, I I just I, I don't. There, there's just not enough words to to describe how disappointing he has been. And even when he is disappointed, he's not playing the worst. It just goes to show the standard of the standard of play that is at left guard with Quentin Nelson. What we expect from him, and it's not getting done. And then you got Braden Smith going one-on-one with Matthew Judon uh, having a tough day. You had Dennis Kelly start the game. Uh, I don't know what happened there. I'm not sure if he got benched or if he was just getting hurt. He got he re-aggravated his injury, and Ryman stepped in. Ryman had a bad game. Uh, there was nothing good about it. He got overpowered in, with power rushers. He lost against speed rushers. He, on the fourth down, uh, the fourth down fullback, uh handoff to kylan granton ryman just got destroyed he did not keep containment and not set the edge for granton to find an opening and because of that they turned it over on downs right there uh will fries came in i thought he had a he had okay game but this is the biggest issue with this offensive line and i i still just don't know how how there isn't 
bigger moves being made. I just don't understand it. Like, what is it going to do? People may ask, why do they need to make a firing today? What's the point of keeping them in-house until the rest of the season? What's the point? Because it's clearly not getting better. There's clearly not other guys being brought in that are better. So there was nothing done at the trade deadline. So you had your chance to get better, and it didn't happen. So what, what what's the point there? I, I, I don't get it. And then to go, look, we know what this offensive line is. It's not going to get fixed at all. You're playing Las Vegas next. You're going up against Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. You'll probably win that, lose that game, honestly. I'm not taking the Colts against anybody the rest of the season. I'm really not because this offensive line is a total embarrassment. A lot was talked about what they're being paid. Total 41, the highest in the league, $41 million, $41.5 million. And you are the worst offensive line in the league. Who else is who else is that? We don't want to fire Chris Strasser, but we're gonna go fire Marcus Brady. God bless him, by the way. I'm happy for him. I'm pretty sure he's happy for himself. What, what what's up with that? Again, I don't like it pointing the finger. And to move away a little bit from the offensive line, and my only quick point, last point right here, is I hate that this is a problem because it also affects how you evaluate Sam Ellinger. You can't get a full evaluation on him if your offensive line can't protect him. Yeah, he could probably move around in the pocket, but what throws is he going to make if he has three rushers on his behind? What, 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 what's going to, how, how does that help your evaluation? How, how does making a change at quarterback help anything about this team? It doesn't. Um, so here's the next thing I want to talk about. They others, the we talked about it on Tuesday when it was announced Marcus Brady being fired. So now all of this, anything and everything that happens with the offense, if it wasn't already, now it's going to fall directly on Frank Reich's shoulders. And today, five days after firing the offensive coordinator, when you make that move, you are telling not only the NFL, but also the fan base, who is not stupid by, well, some is not stupid, by the way. You're telling them this was the problem. This was the issue. And to get better moving forward, this move had to be made. And guys, what is the following result? 121 yards of total offense in a 60 minute ball game 121 yards the worst outing in franchise history in over 25 years that's what the following product and performance was right after so here's my next question ladies and gentlemen Who's next? Who are we firing next? We're going to fire Gus Bradley because the defense isn't scoring three pick sixes a game. Are we going to fire him? Who, who else are we going to fire? We're going to fire Michael Pittman. We're going to cut him. We're going to cut DeForest Buckner. Or who, who else are we going to bl blame and point the finger at? Who else? Who else? I'm, I'm actually, you know, amused by this game of finger pointing that the Colts play. Landon, who else? Who, if you had to guess, who gets 
more finger pointing and more scapegoating. Who's the next guy you think? Who? Who? First off, you sound like Goldberg with the with the whole like who's next thing. Like oh my Jesus! Every time you're like who's next, I was like that's Bill Goldberg right there. Um, but man, and honestly, I don't know if anybody gets fired. It's 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 hard to fire people in season. Like it is. Like there's a reason. As as dumb as it is, like that Chris Strauss is still around. And that's because you you don't have anybody to replace him. Like, and I know like you hear the thing, it's like, well, they can just hire somebody else. Who in ah, their no right one's really yeah, on the market in, mid-season. Well, well, not only well, I mean, like, there are guys available, like Eugene Chung's available. There's some other offensive coordinator or offensive line coach. But they would also there. have to in in uh, they would also have to install their way of offensive line coaching. Well, like, well, not only, well, yeah, not only that, but also, who in their right mind is going to take a job on a sinking ship? Nobody's going to want this job and then possibly be let go in four or five months if Frank Reich and his staff are let go. I mean, you're, you know, you don't sign on for that kind of stuff, you know, so. The whole thing, the whole narrative of like, well, they can just hire somebody else. Like, nobody's willingly wanting to get aboard this ship right now. Um, so that you know, there's a reason Chris Strausser is is around right now. Now, you know, they do have Kevin Mawai as the assistant offensive line coach. So possibly you fire Strausser, promote Kevin Mawai. Uh, but obviously he's just as culpable in this as well. He's part of the offensive line coach staff, so he shares blame in this as well. Um, I, I don't know. And, you know, I know we've talked about it. I know you've mentioned it before that it looks like, you know, Frank Reich is going to end up being, you know, safe another year through this and all this, man, this was the single worst yards per play performance that has happened. It's only two yards per play is what they averaged today. That's abysmal. And I'm not talking about just bad. That is the single worst outing in the Indianapolis era, you have to go all the way back to where this team was in Baltimore in the seventies to find a worse offensive outing by yards per play. This is historically bad performance and you do it after you fire Marcus Brady. Maybe Marcus Brady was better than everybody was giving him credit for, <laughs> you know, cause at least they looked like a decent, you know, I mean, they weren't a good offense, but like they weren't historically bad. And then the first game, they weren't as bad as today. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we, maybe he was the genius, and he's just you know Frank Reich and everybody else was holding him back. Um, so yeah, I I don't know how you fire anybody. There's no the only person to fire is the head coach, and I don't think that move gets made. If it even does get made, it won't happen until after the season. Yeah, because now you fired your offensive coordinator. So if you fire Frank Reich, there's really no one else on the offense. On the well, off the coaching staff, that yeah. Can I mean, you have John dudes. Fox, you have Gus Bradley, you have you know, you know those type of people who have been head coaches before that you can have step in, and you know you also end up having, you know, the quarterbacks coach and Milanovic and the guy right now uh, Montgomery, the running back coach. You know, he's kind of an up and coming name and you know the offensive rankings. So maybe you fire right, have John Fox or Gus Bradley take over for the rest of the season or Bubba Ventrone, have him take over. And then you promote, you know, your running backs coach, you know, to your offensive coordinator spot. But I mean, I'm not sure if they're handing that big of a job over to guys. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, there's no path forward right now. Like, even if you do all that, it's not going to matter. I mean, no, it's, it's not. It's, so, so, yeah. I'm really asking on the t- on the part of, you know, someone's going to finger point. So who's next? I'm not necessarily asking the question on, okay, are we seriously saying is Landon or is Michael saying someone should be fired? I'm asking the question of who else is Jim Irsay going to blame? Who else is Jim Irsay going to ask Ballard or Reich? to blame huh are we gonna see morocco brown let go or are we gonna see who who else are we gonna see gone if we're not gonna take accountability up front that's just that that's the biggest thing that i can't stand in even after today in the press conference again we were out coached i didn't anticipate this day going like this well guess what i didn't anticipate losing my parlay today but guess what it happened it happened so i gotta make better choices right Landon, you didn't, it's, well, I don't know what happened today in your life, but we all choose to do things. We all plan to do things. I chose we, to watch Colts football today. That was a bad decision. Dude, I am choosing to pay monthly to watch this team. I am getting my money stolen from me. And guess what? Did I anticipate this team to suck? No, I did it. So, Marcus, did you anticipate this team to be bad? Well, to be honest, oh, I got I got my schedule at work, and they put me on the schedule to work today. So I was like, hmm, that's kind of odd because I'm usually off on Sundays. But I guess they was doing me a favor, so I was part time watching the game, and then we lost anyway. So it wasn't really wasn't really a bad day because I was at work. So I was kind of like shadowing out. things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To get to to get to Sam Ellinger on this one, I thought. There were some throws that he made that were some really good throws. Those outside the number throws, especially a couple to Jelani Woods that were that were on the sideline. Really good placement, really good throws, good velocity on them. I thought he showed some really good stuff when he had the time to show. And but then there were also some before we sat down and uh started recording, I did watch the game back. And there were some throws that he missed. You know, there was a uh, throw in the fourth quarter that he was trying to hit Michael Pittman over the middle. It was almost picked off by Devin McCourty, but he had Mike Strawn over on the right side wide open. The corner was off like by 10 yards. He could have hit Mike Strawn, but he forced it into Michael Pittman, almost got picked off, turnover on downs. Just that, that was just an example of one. There were still some, and again, it's against a Bill Belichick defense. The game was destroyed already. So what more could Sam Ellinger do that could possibly hurt or improve it? So this performance, I don't put on Sam Ellinger whatsoever. I don't blame him in any way, shape or form for this loss. Uh, He was failed. And like in every game so far all season, the quarterback has been failed by this roster and we'll get to the defense here in a minute, but even guys like Michael Pittman, I mean, how many times, what was his projected stat line this season? Like 15 touchdowns, 1,300 receiving yards? And that's what he was expecting. That's what the the workload he was expecting to get. Does he even reach over 40 yards today? Over 30 yards today? And I, just a little bit here on Sam Ellinger, Landon, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Sam Ellinger in this game? Obviously, it can't be a lot because, again, the circumstances were just too much. And then we'll go to Marcus. 
Um, he looked like a sixth round quarterback playing in his second game behind a bad offensive line against Bill Belichick. That's like that's the best way to describe it. That's exactly what he looked like today. Um, and that's what we knew. Well, I'm not gonna say new, but like that's what everybody who kind of knows the game projected this week. I mean, we knew it was going to be an uphill battle for Sam um, based on, you know, Bill's track record against young quarterbacks, making their first start against him. Um, it's, it's not pretty, but then on top of that, you add in the offensive line, the the play calling I thought today was really bad. I thought Frank Reich had a really bad day as opposed to last week. I thought he had a really great day this week. It was awful. Um, and I know he's trying to overcome his offensive line and he's trying to throw things to see if they stick. But um, I, I thought he really went the opposite way of playing to Sam's strengths. You didn't really see that many RPOs or getting the pocket, you know, moving or, you know, any, anything just to try to help him out, give him some easy completions. It was, um, it was just a bad, bad day overall for the offense. And it's, it is, it's, it's hard to evaluate anybody under these circumstances and, you know, to see what they're going to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. like and uh you know that was the reasoning you know for this move was we think it gives us a better chance to win we think you know we want to see what we have in a young guy like this and um i you, you can't right now you just can't so that's kind of my thoughts on it i don't put anything on sam but um at the end of the day he's got to play better also you know he, he doesn't get off scot-free it's he's the quarterback you got to play better um you're in the nfl for a reason so um, yeah, that's where I stand on it. Yeah, definitely agree hundred percent. And you kind of noticed that as well at the end of the game, he held himself accountable, even though we know it's not really his fault. I mean, that's what you will want out of QB in general, no matter what pick you are, hold yourself accountable. When you feel like you can play better, you do that. So I, I kind of love that uh, energy from Sam. I mean, him stepping up to the plate and holding himself accountable, even though the situation is really not in his favor. Um, but to be honest, like y'all both said, I mean, you can't really blame him. You know, he just got put in to the quarterback position to start two weeks ago, and the offensive line was already horrid. And it also goes to show that the QB wasn't the biggest issue going into this QB change anyway. So, I mean, Matt Ryanson, we're just laughing and be like, I mean, y'all thought it was me. You you cut me. I mean, you did. You took my position away, gave it to a young guy who knew the system and still can't get anything off. I mean, whenever you have a guy like Jordan Wilkins who just got signed 
from the practice squad, leading your team in receptions, you just know that you're not going to have any type of success. And he had four receptions, and that's just unacceptable in general. But again, we kind of knew this situation, how it was going to go with uh, going against the Patriots. We all knew who the favorite was. I mean, at this point, the offensive line is not going to help the situation. Getting rid of the coordinator and having Frank White play both roles is not going to help the situation. And again, you can't can't really you can't really you know develop and watch Sam Ellinger to see how he can be with the offense groomed into his full potential with the current circumstances that you guys both said. So I mean, it's tough all the way around in general. I just want this to be over and move into the offseason so we can actually see some type of new regime and new light for the Colts moving forward because this is just downright disgusting. So the offense is pathetic. The offensive line is pathetic. They had they ran, what, 22 plays for 20 yards at, in a span of this game. I think they had, what, only two yards of total offense in the first quarter zero points scored so again i don't know how frank reich is going to spin this tomorrow in the in the conference call with the beat writers but boy are we all interested to hear that let's move over to the defense that was a positive in this but again doesn't matter if it's a positive because the offense sucks but with the defense i want to highlight something something i've been saying for a while Bobby Okereke and Zaire Franklin are good. They are good. And they are playing just fine. Just fine without Shaquille Leonard. They are playing great contract years for both. Zaire Franklin on a one-year deal who was re-signed. But coming into this role, they both have just exceeded expectations. They are graded well in the run game. They've graded good in pass coverage. Bobby Okereke forcing a fumble today and the defense doing its job. And I even took note of this while watching this game back just 40 minutes ago at the 12 minute and 42 second mark of the third quarter, the third quarter, the Colts defense allowed 91 total yards. Yeah, you heard that right in the third quarter. At that point, the Colts' defense had allowed 91 yards of total offense. Defensive line was getting after it, everybody, but Yannick Ngakwe, obviously. Grover Stewart, run game. DeForest Buckner, run game. Pass rushing. Quiddy Pay getting in. Welcome back, Quiddy. Got a sack. And then you got some good coverage downfield. Of course, you're not going to have the most perfect game ever had some leaky stuff go on and you know new england was able to get some points but this is a game that just doesn't fall on the defense this isn't and i feel so bad for this team for for this defense rather and it just makes me think guys it just makes me wonder because truthfully deep down these guys are thinking this they're not gonna say it okay they're not gonna say it to the beat writers or anything but they're guys like Stephon Gilmore, guys like Rodney McLeod. Man, what did I sign here for? I should have, I should have taken that deal in Pittsburgh. I should have taken that deal in LA. I should have taken that deal in Philadelphia. Should have taken that deal in Dallas. Because they're doing their job. And all season, 
they have not been helped whatsoever. So the defense, I am really happy with. I think guys are showing you what they can do. I think guys like even guys like Afidi Odeniabo, who is really showing good stuff, especially in the run game. But focusing, I wanted to just give that full rundown of that. Sticking to the linebackers here, Marcus, this linebacker 10, I am completely happy with these guys. I am happy with what they've shown. They are not a problem. They are not a liability. They are playing excellent. They are playing great. What is your opinion and take away from the linebackers this season? The biggest the biggest bright light on the on the defense. I mean, of course, we had questions going into this season on how they'll play. Uh, especially in perform after last year. Uh, can they step into the new Gus Bradley system and be successful? And they've knocked down every door that we've questioned, uh, personally, in my opinion. And of course, we can think that the pass coverage can be a little bit better from the linebackers, but I still think tackling-wise, getting those angles on certain runs and plays, they stepped up and even tried to force turnovers. I think they forced the most turnovers out of the defense besides interceptions, but like the linebacker group is very phenomenal. And I will give credit to the Colts. If they don't do anything right, they'll get you a good linebacker. So I definitely would give them credit for that. Man, I love I love Bobby O'Carrick Bobby O'Carrick's development from from his rookie year to now. Man, he's just improved season by season, and he's going to be an all-out stud. Zaire Franklin, where he started from, him transitioning to an actual linebacker role and just increasing his reps and getting better and better each game is just a huge light of confidence that you see out of this team in general. They're going to keep fighting no matter what. And that's one thing I love. And that's what keeps me continually watching this team. I like besides this offense and the special teams, the defense is the only thing I know that'll give me some type of confidence. Be like, okay, we got a bright future. But I love this group, man. They can keep going. Uh, but we gotta get some help from the other sides because they can't do it all, man. I love the I love the linebacker group though. I didn't know if you were looking for my my opinion on the linebackers as well. I thought I thought you were gonna ask me another question. Um yes, I mean there's really I, I don't know how to follow that up. That was like so perfectly put. I mean, uh O'Karake's playing great. It sucks. We're probably gonna end up losing him at the end of this season. Um Zaire Franklin, who knows if he resigns. I do love the development of EJ Speed as well. I think Speed's been fantastic. Uh that's this was the one group that that I had no really qualms about coming into the season. You know, where I thought we were the most solid was that linebacking group. So it's it's nice to see them playing up to standard. And um it, it sucks that they're kind of being left out to dry consistently because they're putting together some fantastic games and it's there's not really any excuse for for them to continually ball out the way they've balled out, uh, you know, to try to keep this team in in the football games. But yeah, fantastic stuff that they they put out there. I'm I'm really happy for these guys, and hopefully, a couple of them are gonna go get paid. Honestly, man, like there's nothing bad we can say about this defense. We there's nothing bad we can possibly say about it. They did their job today. They've done their job all year. They're the reason why we won in Denver. They are the sole reason why we won. The offense was pathetic, and they continued time and time again. Saved the day. And 
they just continue to be let down. And there's really not much to talk about with the defense. They are good. There's not a problem there. I have nothing to say about that. Um, sorry, that sneeze. Didn't want y'all to hear that. Uh, but I guess the only thing left to say, we know that this offense is just poor at best. But one thing I want to ask myself that I want to ask you guys and I want to ask you, the audience who is watching. Where has Chris Ballard been? Where has he been? He's always in the media. He's always giving interviews. And, and usually he would go on Colts.com with Matt Taylor and have a quarterly press conference, maybe about 15, 15, 16 minutes quarterly. And we're already halfway through the season in crickets. Where is he gone? Why has he gone into hiding? This almost reminds me of, and now it's a different situation, but think back to last year in Miami. All the craziness going on. All the chaos going on. And Brian Flores had to be up front answering all the questions he wasn't responsible for. Where was the GM that, that had all that going? I'm asking the same questions now. Frank Reich didn't put this roster together. He didn't turn the cards in on draft day. He do, he wasn't negotiating with the agents. He wasn't he wasn't being freaking strict with his money, with Jim Irsay's money rather. Where is Chris Ballard? Why is he hiding from the media? Where is he at? Does he not want to face this? Does Why is Frank Reich having to be on the front lines taking all the heat and answering and taking accountability, really? Where is Chris Ballard in the middle of all this? You're the dude that told us Matt Pryor will be left tackle one. He can't be left tackle, can't be right tackle, can't be right guard. Hell, can he at least pass out water fine? Probably can't do that either. Told us Danny Pinter is good at right guard. Danny Pinter ain't even playing anymore. We've gone through what? One, two, three. We've gone through four different right guards. Told us there was there. The, no, we'll go get a veteran quarterback. Wide receiver, uh, that's not really a problem. And it's continuing. Frank Reich having to answer questions. Frank Reich having to take the heat. Where is Chris Ballard? I. I've gone back and I've heard from the Miami Dolphins GM. You know, we hear from Jerry Jones every Sunday. He goes looking for freaking mics and cameras everywhere. We've heard from Houston. We've heard from Philadelphia. We've heard from Pittsburgh. We've heard from Detroit. We've heard from, we've heard from everybody except Chris Ballard. Me personally, I'm annoyed with that. I am annoyed with that. You're always doing quarterly availability every single season. But now this season, now everything gets hot and, and things start going in, in the wrong direction. Now we're going to turn our backs. Now we're going to go run out the back door instead of going out the front. Landon, let me get you in here, man. I'm not sure if you have too much to say on this. But to me, from all the we want to build a good culture, we want to build a culture of accountability, it sure don't look like Chris Ballard is taking any. 
Yeah, I actually asked this question a few days ago, maybe, or yeah, just maybe a couple days ago. I asked, you know, because there were some of the GMs that were doing interviews, their midseason interviews, they were coming out. And I knew Ballard, usually every year, he does kind of like a midseason thing where he sits down with the media and answers questions. And really, like, you haven't heard a peep from this guy. Uh, and I don't know if that's owner directed. You know, Ursay could be telling him to you know, nix everything and nobody's going to talk, but, um, yeah, it, it, it is kind of shitty, excuse my language, but to set and let Frank Reich consistently take every single bullet every single week, which he deserves blame. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you, you're the guy that set up there and I'm not like I sound like a broken record when I when I talk about this stuff because we've we've talked about this before. But I mean, this guy set up there in the off season and was consistently questioned, like you know, this guy's your left tackle, like you know, why haven't you added another veteran or another piece? And you know, he did the whole you know thing where he laughs and ha ha, you know, everything's funny. I know more than you, um, and it, it's just completely blown up in his face and. For him to not, for the first time in his career, when things get rough, well, I'm not going to say when things get rough, because things have been rough, and he's been generally pretty well at, you know, coming out here and owning up to stuff. But this is really the first time that I've ever seen him kind of not practice what he preaches as far as, you know, when things get rough, how do you respond to that? You know, we we pride ourselves on that culture where, no matter how many times we get down, we get back up and we, we come out here and we fight and he's not doing it. The team's not doing it. The coach isn't doing it. Frank Reich, man. Like I feel so bad watching these press conferences he's in because he just looks broken. Like you can tell like the look on his face, like this guy just looks broken down because every single week, no matter what he does, it, he gets killed, whether it's in the media, whether it's in social media, whether it's in these interviews on nationally televised, you know, TVs, you know, the Colts are the laughing stock right now. And then on top of that, what doesn't make it any better is you have your owner out here at the beginning of every single week making these videos in front of these, you know, expensive toys or buses or planes or jets or and whatever, you know, telling everybody, you know, we remember all the fun times and all the good times and the bad times and, we're all chips in and Matt Ryan's Peyton Manning. And, you know, it's every single week. And then what happens after the end of every loss? You see Ursi on that golf cart. What what do you see? Oh, he, he declined to answer any questions. He was all talking before the game. He, he loved to talk before the game. He was all about it. And then after the game, he doesn't want to say anything. But sure, let's just go. Let's leave our coach, you know. Let's leave our coach out here to take the the bullets for our owner, to take the bullets for our GM, to take the bullets for our players, you know, and it, it's shitty the way they're doing him, um, which, like I said, he deserves blame. But for this to finally be the year when things are going this bad that you don't do a press conference and maybe he does one this week and I hope he does um, or maybe next week, I don't know. But I need to hear from him soon because if he goes this whole season without saying anything and owning up to any of this, um, it, it's a really bad look. And he doesn't owe me anything, but 
he he owes the fan base an explanation. He owes the media like Zach Kiefer. Yeah, that he, he owes laughed those at, guys that he laughed at in the press conferences. He owes them answers. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully he does this week or the next week. I don't know, but it's a bad look if he doesn't. It's a very bad look. Marcus, where are you at on this? Yeah, I asked that question earlier too. Uh, especially when we was when I seen him on the Twitter, they said that Chris Ballard has landed at the in New England and he was on the field with the guys. And then, you know, after the blowout started in raging, I was like, "All right, is Ballard still at the game or did he leave?" Because you never heard anything, but we heard about Ursay getting on that golf cart, and it is quite funny because now that we mentioned the scapegoat and everything, I started to figure out who the next target might be, and the next scapegoat might be Frank Wright. I'm going to be honest with you because you can't just put it all on him with the poor offense and the offensive line and everything because he's just a coach at the end of the day. I mean, you know, Ballard goes out there, he makes the deals. You know, he misses out on free agents and, you know, because he's stingy with the money and all this processing, you know, then the draft. And because, you know, he's Frank Wright's just a head coach at the end of the day. So I do think if he was to land in another situation, he'll probably have better success. Because certain organizations know how to manage a team a little bit better, uh, in my opinion. Especially when you want to be a contender and then when you want to go get a first-round pick. I think I think it's a little bit more direct when you look at certain teams that way. Uh, but for sure, Ballard definitely is, you know, he's, he's kind of invisible this season. I will say that, to be honest. And it is kind of weird, to be honest, because, you know, he's usually, like you guys mentioned, hosting interviews and, you know, having those Q&As. But hasn't really had one all season, so... I'm pretty sure it's going to be a huge one at the end of the year when it's all said and done, and then we'll get all our answers at that point. But it is weird, definitely. Yeah, I'm just – I'm kind of like with Landon. I just feel sorry for Frank Reich, man. Yes, he he has blame, and he is to blame. He's the offensive guy. He he was responsible for today's performance – but at the same time, my goodness, he is he has to answer for everything. For everything. And where is the owner? Where is the GM? Where are they at? I hate this for, for Frank Reich. And you know what, man? I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Reich retires in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. Hell, I would have I probably would have retired after Andrew Luck retired. That was already enough stress on me as a fan. I couldn't imagine how much it was on Frank Reich. I just hate it, man. I hate it. it well, there's if there's one thing Colts fans are used to, it's retirements. Yep. And look, it's not necessarily, well, I don't want to open a can of worms, but I've been led to believe that Frank Reich, his heart may may not be in this in Indianapolis that much deeper uh, than it was in 2018 or 2019 because so much frustration behind the scenes, a lot of disconnect going on, and I wouldn't be surprised if he retires after the season, man. Well, I, I, mean, I really, I really wouldn't. I, if I was a betting man, I would bet my money on that. If 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 sports books had that available. Well, who who retires and I could click Frank Reich, I'd put like five hundred dollars on that bet. Honestly, well, I mean to be fair, like he's consistently getting undercut yes. in his decisions yes. by the owner, and 
and I don't even really think it's it's Ballard even. I, th- I think it's more Ursay who's making these decisions with your quarterbacks consistently. Uh, you know, and I'm you know he pulled the trigger on the Carson one. He pulled the trigger on the Matt Ryan one. Now he's pulling the trigger on the Sam Ellinger one. You can't coach like that. You just can't. Like if your owner will not stay out of personnel decisions, you cannot do your job properly. And if you cannot do your job properly, this is what it looks like. That's why I've always been a big advocate. And I know like this is like real old school of me, but if I'm the head coach, I want to be director of player personnel and pick my players because you have two different philosophies between Frank Reich and Chris Ballard on what they want. And I know they come out in the media and they say, you know, oh, we're in lockstep and all that. That's false. You're not. You can look at the way they want to run their offense and you can look at the draft decisions that have been made and the free agency decisions that have been made and you can draw your own conclusion. But then on top of that, you also have disconnect between your head coach and your owner where your owner is making key personnel decisions for your roster and for your team. And who's the one that's having to answer for it? Frank Wright. So, yeah, I mean, like you can't coach like that and I, I wouldn't blame him at all if he quit. I would, I mean, he's not going to abandon his guys in season, but it's, it's a laughing, it, it is, it's a laughing stock. It's a laughing stock and it starts at the top. I agree, man. I agree. There's really not much more we can say. We can, it's probably going to be said every show about this lack of accountability, lack of leadership, because that's what Jim Mercer and Chris Ballard have shown. They're not leaders. They're not leaders of men. That's what they have shown. So I I really hate this for Frank Reich, man. I I really do. He doesn't deserve this. Gus Bradley doesn't deserve this. The guys on defense don't deserve this. Michael Pittman doesn't deserve this. Paris Campbell doesn't deserve this. Jonathan Taylor doesn't deserve this. Naheem Hines didn't deserve it. But this is what we're given by the two head men in charge. So, and that was a good point you said there, Landon. It's it's obvious Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are not uh, hand in hand in the direction and how they want to grow this team. You can tell by what Frank wants to do offensively. And then, like you said, the draft selections. Well, what about offense? What about tight ends? No, we'll, we'll, we'll go freaking give a three-year contract to a power forward in basketball and then draft rookies you know we'll go ahead and do that well we're not gonna go get cj uzoma not tyler conklin not gerald everett not jared cook not not anyone nah nah we'll go we'll we'll stick to this guy man he was a power forward at vcu he's gonna do some good things has yet to pass 200 receiving yards on the season so guys there's really not much more we can say it was a bad loss horrible embarrassing worse that it's been in 25 years uh there's not really much that i can say marcus landon is there anything you guys want to say before we get out of here i hope the real rabbit comes out the hat eventually uh i don't care who it has to be maybe if reich or ryan retires maybe one of them will say something when it's all said and done but hopefully eventually the the truth will be revealed to how the situation is going in indy and i wish for cj Stroud. CJ Stroud. Oh yeah. Okay. So who, who right now, what quarterback are we going with? Marcus has CJ Stroud. Landon, where are you right now? <laughs> oh boy. Um, my like my my top quarterback, just me personally, the guy that I would be willing to bet on would be Will Levis. 
um not necessarily like and i pointed this out you know in my review it's not necessarily for the physical tools to me it's what he has internally inside of him i, I think it's just really special um i think he's a special special kid so um but if this is going to be a multi-year thing i've i've got a lot of love for cameron ward out of washington state um a lot of love for cam ward man he's only 20 years old he probably goes back to college another year but ah nfl uh, draft 2024 2023 but or yeah yeah, 2024. I was about to yeah, say, wait, right. what? You're right. I was, yeah, see, I'm getting my years mixed up. Yeah, he'll... Uh, hey, Frank, right? He, he, I don't know. It's, it's Frank. Damn you, Frank. Um, but yeah, it's... uh, If he does decide to come out, I'm really intrigued by him because he's got a lot of tools. He's super fun. He's got a lot of development to do. But like I said, he's only 20 years old where, you know, Levis is 24, Hooker's 25 you know they're they're a lot older but yeah if if i had my choice i would take levis but if this is going to end up being like a complete teardown where we're starting from scratch give me the young developmental kid oh i like it i like it me tyree wilson out of texas tech pass rusher let's go ahead and let's go and lock up both sides of it okay so that's not a quarterback only because you said 2024 so if we're not going quarterback until 2024 Let's lock up edge rusher. Let's go. Or oh, we're not going quarterback till 2024. Let's go Drake May. Like that's this is easy. Drake May. Drake Caleb May. Will, yeah, Caleb Williams. Caleb, Quinn Ewers. Ah, Caleb Williams. Oh, 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 overthrowing Quinn Ewers. That guy overthrowing king of overthrows. Uh, he goes to that seam route one too many times, but that kid's. Yeah, nah. You can tell he's a guy who hasn't played football in two years, so he's, he's yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll, he'll be good next year. But yeah, in terms of quarterbacks, well, I'll I'll tell you after afterwards. But other than that, guys, it's almost almost draft season. Not yet, almost draft season. We have so much to talk to you guys about. So much it is exciting. That's really what's only keeping a smile on my face right now. Thinking about Thursday draft night, potentially a top 10 pick because this tie is screwing us right now. Okay. So other than that, make sure you are subscribed to the blue stable on YouTube and make sure you are following all of us on Twitter as well. Our links to our profiles will be in the description below. You guys take care and we will be back with you to talk about how Chandler Jones and Max Crosby will combine for 20 sacks next week. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.